Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live on a brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the heart of the downtown Savannah Park Business District, nowhere near the semi-historic banks of the Magadie River. Along the bucolic western shore of Maryland, you are listening to Maryland's leading conservative talk show, leading political talk show, period, really. Yeah. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Gibbs, with me in studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here. We're on a Thursday. We're on a Thursday night. night. We're on a regular night. A regular night. First time in six weeks we've been here on our regular night. But hey, True. we are here. Yes. Rocking. Sup, sup. Nice. Four. Nice. That's a nice throwback right there. Well, in, in honor of the, uh, no, I of get the it. funeral of I get it. Uh, President Bush today, I, I decided to rock the, the throwback. Bravo, Zulu, good sir. And um, did yes. you watch any of that yesterday? I did. I did not. I did. I watched. I watched the eulogies, and it was great. It was a wonderful service. Can I say something about this? And this is this is going to shock you a little bit because I'm going to defend President Trump. Oh, okay. Because I know there was a lot of controversy about President Trump not reading the Apostles' Creed, and I'm I'm curious to I'm curious to get your opinion. Well, I'm perfectly fine with it because anybody who is a non-believer should not read the Apostles. Okay, Creed. I kind of thought that's where you were going to go with yeah. it. It's funny because I heard I saw our friend Brian Sears. Uh, from the Daily Record, post mm-hmm. something, and, he, and there were people comparing professing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, which yes. is what we're talking about in the in the historic liturgy, which they were going through for the service. Right. Um, comparing that to wearing a yarmulke when you go to a Jewish service, not the same. Not thing. even in the same ballpark. No. Covering your head when you go to a Jewish service is not professing faith in the religion no, that's that being worshipped. That's a sign of respect to. And and I agree with you. The reason I, I I mean you're being sarcastic. I don't think the the president's a non-believer, but I think it's a story and it's of note because it raises the obvious question: Is the president not professing his faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed because he doesn't have the faith that, that is professed therein? It's a question. I don't think he does, but I understand why people. I, are I'm just about saying it. that it's a big deal because it's like, oh well, he didn't he didn't say it. But it was weird to see people say, well, the the script they gave them the script. I'm like, okay, it's not a script. Yeah. No, okay, it's, 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 you're you're missing the point of what the Apostles' Creed is. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about Lutheran churches, but I know that we have a missalette that has the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed on it. Well, it's in the hymnal. Not everybody. It's in not the everybody hymnal. knows it by by memory, which I know some people. Were. And 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 and. So it's in the hymnal, or it'd be, it might be on the screens, or it might be in the bulletin, or right. whatever you want to call it. We're all talking about the same thing. And there's word variations. The, the Episcopalians have a different wording mm-hmm. than we do in the Lutheran Church. And, I'm and it's sure changed it's over than ours time. Too in the Catholic Church. Right. It's, ideally, it was all the same at one time, and it's still pretty much the same. And but you guys started choosing your own adventure back in the 1500s. It's a more of a translation thing. We all do still follow the, the historic liturgy one way or the other. We're not your problem. That no, regard. that's true. That is very I wish, true. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Baptist here. Come on. 
I saw a it's meme a just a few minutes ago that said, um, and that's Religion Corner here on Red Man no, no, Radio. I got one more because I okay. saw I All saw right. a meme not too long before we started the show. It said Happy Saint Nicholas Day, and it was a picture of Joel Osteen with a black eye. Because <laughs> Saint Nicholas known for punching heretics. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's not what you came here. We didn't even play the God stuff theme. We could have, and we didn't. I was I wasn't aware we were going into that. I wasn't either. <laughs> you know, hey, that's that's the beauty of live radio and live. Yeah. Facebook Live video transmissions. It was a beautiful service, though, and I did not notice that. I heard about that later, and I'm, actually, I probably did notice it when they were doing it, but I was, which I thought, but I didn't think much of it. But. It's, a, it's a nothing burger to most people, quite frankly. Um, anywho. But he had the script. Whether, he, whatever creed it was, he had the well, script. But even, again, if again, the Athanasian, even if it was the Athanasian creed, he still should have been able but to But I, I would rather have somebody not make Make the conscious choice not to say that they don't believe saying. it. I mean, that's the thing. I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think he just, you know, whatever. Speaking of things and heresy. It's the only time he's going to really. get in trouble for not opening his mouth. Hey, he's done a very good job of that the last couple of days, just FYI. Only I'm he could get in very, trouble for not opening his I'm, mouth. I'm very – you mean not get in trouble? No, he got in trouble for not opening his oh, mouth in, in that, that circumstance, yeah. In that circumstance, yeah. yeah. Um. We got a jam-packed show tonight that's not about yeah, well, all of so, this stuff. Come on. Get on, get on track. Let's so talk we've about got local politics. The that's Democrats you know, the Democrats already were kind of out here far to the left, and they just keep going and going and going and going. And um, they've learned no lesson. We'll the camera. talk a little bit about that. I am playing with the camera. And, yep. and meanwhile, county executives elected by the Maryland voters, the same people who voted for Larry Hogan – their county executives are going in a completely different direction. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. that. The, uh, our latest installment in the elections have consequences file. Right. Hey, the Washington Post must be listening to the air raid. We'll talk a little bit about why. Uh, about yeah, that. I guess so. A, a little later on. We'll do a little preview of the Maryland Republican Party convention yeah, this Yeah, looking weekend. forward to that. Hope you all check it and out. And we have got some listener feedback. We have a lot of listeners. Oh, do we have a listener feedback segment for you tonight? Good show. Um yes. Make sure uh, – for those of you who are watching on Facebook, thank you. Hey, if you're watching on Facebook right now, share it. Yeah. Share it, share it on your profile. Let other people sure. know that you are, you are watching. If you're listening to this on podcast, Got a couple thank, folks in the chat room. Thanks for the shout-out. If you're guys. listening to this on podcast, thank you. Share it too. You make sure let people yeah, know, hey, people you're, listening, you're listening to, to the first, the finest, and the original Red Maryland Radio um, or the Red Maryland Network. So, That's correct. Yeah. Whatever you said is true. <laughs> I should get that printed on a T-shirt. What's also I'm surprised you don't, frankly. Um, there's still time. <laughs> there's still time for you so to let's get your with- Red Maryland gear at zazzle.com slash Red Maryland. So speaking of uh, – What do you want to start with? Speaking of bad segues, because I have none right now, let's talk about the Democrats, um, both at the state level and at the county level, Greg. Okay. So the Democratic Party had their convention last weekend. Uh, once again, Correct. because the Maryland Democratic Party is a paid subsidiary – of labor and labor unions in this state. Their convention was at the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Hall down in Lanham, I believe it was. Down is in, that where down it was? Prince George's County, yeah. Fun. That, this is, they seem to Fun. have all of their major, uh, their major events. In, Am I interrupting you? You're on, you're on the phone. Well, no, we're, I, on, I, we're on video. People can see you. Just Are you looking for something? No, I was going to retweet the fact that we're on the air and live right now. Why? Because this Why? Is, I'm you're in the middle of a sentence. Multitasking. I was fine until you interrupted. Me. Right. I am. Well, then I will step back and I will let as you were. As I said before, I was so rudely interrupted. I apologize. Um, 
the union, yeah, they, the Democrats being bought and paid for by labor unions in this state. They always have their conventions down the IBEW hall down in Prince George's County. So as we've talked about ad nauseum in the month since the election, and it has been one month today since the election, um, the Democrats have learned absolutely no lessons from what happened on Election Day, um, particularly at the statewide level, because obviously we saw a candidate, Ben Jealous, extreme left candidate, running as a pragmatic conservative, Larry Hogan, and just got skunked, completely skunked, um, you know, by by the governor. Uh, Twelve points, thirteen the, points. The incumbent chairwoman. Kathleen Matthews, who, of course, we are not fans of Kathleen Matthews by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, she got her job as chairwoman basically because she was, A, a failed congressional candidate, B, had a lot of money, and C, was married to uh, Chris Matthews, the MSNBC schmuck. More or less, Um, You know, but to her credit, and to our dismay, quite frankly, you know, while they lost the governor's race, they won all the other statewide races, they maintained their status quo in – you know, in in the in Congress, they picked up seats in the House of Delegates. They, Correct. They picked up two county executive races, uh, which they didn't, ones, yeah. didn't have before. They won back control of the Anne Arundel County Council. They won control. They won control of the Frederick County Council. Yeah. And they kicked her to the curb anyway. I mean, that's because because for one thing because she because, wasn't progressive enough. Right. She wasn't enough of a left. She wasn't left wing enough. Yeah. So they kicked her to the curb because that was the mistake that she made. So they kicked her to the curb in favor of Maya Rock and Moore Cummings, the, right. the wife of Congressman Elijah Cummings. You may remember Maya Rocky Moore Cummings for her brief cup of coffee running for governor. Um, she did, yeah. Oh, God, was she even in the race? She, she dropped out of the now, race pretty early. I'm going to say something controversial now. Would she be considered a trophy wife for Elijah Cummings? I don't know. Discuss. No, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. You really? She's much you, younger than he is. Isn't that correct? I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Something I, to discuss. Is, okay. She is now the chairman of the Maryland Democratic Party. Yeah. And their leadership, the 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 leadership group that they elected, decidedly, openly, emphatically more progressive, left wing, much farther left, wing. and wanting to push that agenda. Now the question becomes, how much does Thank you. How much does the state Democratic Party drive the direction that the Mar- that elected Maryland Democrats go? Particularly, I think you have to look at the General Assembly. Well, still, first off, by the way, it wasn't. Um, she wasn't the only failed candidate. I, I I hesitate to use the word failed candidate because she dropped out of her own volition. But she wasn't the only failed candidate who who was elected to state party office. Um, they did elect as vice chairman Senator Senator McCray from Baltimore City, right. um, new, newly elected Democratic state senator. Correct. Um, and by the way, how dumb is – have you heard – are you guys familiar with these gender equity rules in the Maryland Democratic Party? I, I'm, I'm familiar. A lot of so, people probably aren't that familiar. So because a female was elected chairwoman, like a bunch – only a male could be elected as vice chair. And vice versa. So they like the, the the only the chair of the chair and the vice chair, only one can be male and only one can be female. I don't know what happens if a transgender person runs or if somebody well, doesn't identify genders, runs. So. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to balance that equity out. Yeah. But well, I mean, look, you know, um, it, their, their their politics are complicated. 
But, so they have some but, sort of mandated gender equity. But also, uh, Allison Galbraith, who was a failed candidate for Congress in the first district, first district she ran right. for Congress in the first district and lost the primary to Jesse Colvin. Right. She was elected, I believe, second vice chair. That's Another right. radical right. leftist. Yeah. You know, completely out to lunch when it comes to one of these the people district. who blames the Republicans for the way the first district's gerrymandered. Right. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. We did that on purpose. Yeah. And then also Robbie Leonard, who you may remember was the candidate for state Senate in District 42, who got who lost to um, Senator elect Chris West. Right. Was also so the Democrats just basically threw a bunch of rehashed old candidates out there and 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 elected them to office. By the way, they also have like other geographic disparity rules too. Like you could only a certain candidates were disqualified because they weren't from certain regions of the state. The Democrats it's complicated. Very it's complicated being complicated. a Democrat. Yeah. Um. You know, and we could talk. Well, we'll talk more about kind of our rules and how that happens when, um, when we talk about the convention sure. preview. Um. To your point, Greg, about you know how it influences the General Assembly, I don't think it's going to influence all that much. As you right. mentioned on WGMD this morning in your Thursday morning segment. 92.7 FM, WGMD, and you WGMD.com. And you did a great job, as always. Um, I was in bed still. <laughs> Pull, I pulled back the curtain. I was still in bed. Okay. Well, you did good. good job anyway. Thank you. Um, <laughs> No one tell Mike because he'll get mad at me. So don't tell him that. Sounded good. That's all that matters. It did sound good. But that's, you mentioned, that, by the way, that's not typically the case. Just so you know. Um, you know, you mentioned on that on that show that Mike Miller's kind of a political animal. He just kind of yes. Well, that's well documented. That's no, required no insight on my part. And he will adjust to what we've talked about before. Will no doubt be a more progressive caucus. Um, It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. The, point, I mean, the, the answer is we don't know because he is, to your point, he is malleable enough. Mike Bush, we don't know what's going to happen with Mike Bush. He tends to be more favorable to the progressives. But we also don't know how much longer he's going to be speaker. Right. His, his health is still an issue. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure they'll, they'll both I, I can tell you, easily be reelected leaders of the chamber and go from there. I can tell you. That you know, I don't think that the the I don't think the state party is going to impact the general assembly any. Um, what the state party is going to have an impact on is the messaging that goes out to voters, particularly independent voters, right. how they approach voter registration, how they approach recruiting candidates, and that is where um, that gives us an op- us an opportunity as conservatives, as Republicans, as sane people of the world, right. uh, because the Democrats are going to keep pushing more and more progressive ideas. They're going to create and keep pushing their messaging farther and farther to the left. Now, this is in a, in a state where that's proven you know, that may not necessarily be, you know, necessarily the right message, particularly for independent and conservative, independent voters and conservative to moderate leaning Democrats. That's where, um, you know, that's where the fight is really going to come in yeah. for, the, for the Democrats, because you're still, you still have a large chunk of mainstream Democrats. I'm not talking about central committee members. I'm talking about the rank and file, the sure. knock doors, give money, make phone calls, do the actual hard work of electing candidates who are not going to be necessarily on board, you know, with with the folks that they put into office. They're not going to be on board with the radical leftism of the new leadership team. I think there's some of that. I think there's some of that. Though I think frankly the people who are the most active activists 
probably are more of those kind of people, or they can they can they can draw energy from. Well, I'm those talking about the traditional. I'm talking about more like you know, but I think rank and file union members. I'm talking. No, about, I understand what you're those, saying. Those I understand what you're saying, but and, and I think it's more rank and file voters. I mean, one of the things the Democrats have already shown is that there's a limit to how far you can go in Maryland, despite it being Democratic. They've run up against that time and time again. And that's how we got Larry Hogan elected. That's how we got him reelected, even in a blue uh, wave. Um, you know, there's limits. And, and they always seem to want to go as far left as they can. If they just came back a little bit to the middle, they still have the numbers to run everything. So we ought to be thanking them. You know, it's kind of like we don't uh, – <laughs> luckily we don't have to – you know, all we have to do is beat the Democrats. We don't have to, <laughs> you know, win over everybody in the state. They're going to help us a lot doing that. I, I don't know how much it will drive. I mean that will be one of the stories. Can they mend fences? Does Does the progressives controlling the party suddenly bring everyone together, or are the Mike Millers and Mike Bushes and the real – the real folks who run the state just going to see the, you know, just pat the heads of people in the party and see them as some auxiliary. Um, but they're still going to run things the way they want to with right. their big money donors. And it'll be interesting to see how that works. And that, and, you know, issues like redistricting will be a big part of, of how that plays out and candidate recruitment, like you talked right. about. And if they're not going to get any help, just to kind of segue into our next topic, Greg, they're certainly not going to get any help from some of their county leadership, because we've already seen in two counties already where Democrats right. are already going further and further to the left. Well, elections have consequences, yeah. and um, this is this is what we're seeing happen. You know, one of the issues that didn't come up that much in the primaries, I think it did on some of the county executive levels, mm-hmm. but one of the things that the governor didn't really talk a lot about because it didn't necessarily help him with who he was targeting but the governor and the state of Maryland have always been cooperative with the federal immigration authorities. Yes. Um, they've supported those. The governor has been openly and adamantly against any sort of sanctuary state policies. When bills have come up in the legislature, they've died even before he got to his desk. But he's been very clear that he's not going to support that. Um, and it's one of the real strengths of the, something we talked a lot about to to conservative voters and Trump voters, particularly who didn't like the governor, that you're, you're sleeping on a really big issue. One of the things that that was going on here in Anne Arundel County, and I think um, is the other is the other example going to be Harford or Howard County. Is that is that where you? Well, were I was going? talking. I was talking particularly about taxes in Baltimore County. Oh, you're talking um, about taxes in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things that's going on here in Anne Arundel County was that Steve Shu cooperated, and we've had a long history of cooperating with federal authorities right. and, and when local police um, detain uh, criminal aliens. Um, they, they've cooperated and, and held them over. And um, that policy now is going to go out the door. It's something that um, Stuart Pittman ran on. It's something that the progressives are real big about. Yeah. And so it doesn't come as any surprise. It's interesting. I was talking to somebody and I won't mention any names or give any details um, about it, but there hasn't been a lot, even though the new administration has been put into place. There, there's still a lot of holdovers right. and a lot of key positions in county government. Mm-hmm. And even some of the people who've replaced some of the SHU appointees were kind of internal and, and were there when SHU was there. And there's a real sense from people I've talked to who work in county government that Stuart Pittman didn't think he was going to win. Right. You can <laughs> he was, tell. He was completely unprepared. 
and, and not only did he not think he was going to win, I think people around him didn't think he was going to win because he didn't have, you know, the ready-made cabinet and, and senior uh, agency well, officials. just look at the two people who, who, who he put in place to lead his transition team. He pulled Janet Owens out of mothballs. Janet, nobody's heard from Janet Owens since she ran for comptroller right. in 2006. She was the, she was the favorite right. to beat William Donald Schaefer when it turned out she wound up actually losing to Peter Franchot in the highly contested three-way race. You know, she was a county executive to 1998 to 2006. Correct. Ironically enough, by the way, she was also a Democratic county executive who was put up as cannon fodder, um, who didn't expect to win and beat an incumbent Republican who was running for re-election to their second term. Um, yeah, John Gary, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, John Gary. Yeah. Um, so that was his, his co-chair of his transition team, along with Chris Trumbauer, who was a Democratic county councilman right. who was not running for any other office this year. He was term-limited out. Um, you know, Pittman, Pittman ran, you know, talking about getting new people in the government, talking about this, that, and the other thing. But it's the same list of, you know, lobbyists, and people, you know, he he brought in his his um, you know, admin officer from Prince George's County. There's a bastion of good government, if I've ever seen one, is, is right. the Prince George's County administration. You but know, the point just, is, he didn't he didn't have a lot of people close to him that were ready to move in. He hadn't given it. It, it seems as though, and I think I think the proof of this will where we see in a year or a year and a half from now, if the people who've taken over are still going to be there. Right. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of turnover. He wasn't thinking as though he was going to win. I got to start building it. And people around him weren't doing that. That sometimes happens, you know, because, look, somebody wants to be wants to get a job as the head of zoning or the head of, you know, the chief of police. Right. You know, you kind of work your way in and support the guy because you think none of that. You know, we still have the same chief of police. We still have, um, you know, and maybe that'll change and maybe that's not a bad thing. But it's interesting what he, I mean, he knows he's not going to cooperate with the federal immigration authorities, right? But he doesn't have it. it I, I think the point that I'm making is he didn't think he was going to win like everybody else. No, it's very clear, and um, that's going to have an effect when in, in policy because he's firing right away on this policy. That's going to have an effect, and again, it goes back to the idea the Democrats didn't learn from the election. Yeah, he won because he got their guys out. But he didn't get elected because people really hate the fact that Anne Arundel County cooperates with federal immigration authorities. In fact, most Anne Arundel County voters probably like that, right? which is one of the reasons they voted for the governor. So um, interesting. Now, you're talking about um, Baltimore County. Yeah, so Baltimore County is talking about John Olszewski. Yeah, and this was, this was something that, that you know, during the campaign, Johnny O right. was very coy about taxes. Throughout the primary to the general election, he didn't really he won, say Remember, one way he the only other. won the primary by, what, 42 votes? Was it, was it that many? Yeah, it was very, very close, and that was an issue that, that was used against him. Yeah. Right. And not even a week into office, he's talking about, eh, we might have to raise our taxes. Yeah. And there are members of the county. And, and then there are members of the county council, by the way, Democratic members of the county council, who are like, whoa, we're not, we're not there yet. Um, and Baltimore County... If you look at their property tax, Greg, Baltimore right. County, I think, is the second highest property tax in, uh, in the state behind only Baltimore City, which, of course, no, nobody's anywhere in Baltimore City's league right now. Correct. You can go back a couple weeks on the episode of The Area, and I talked about Baltimore City property taxes and one of the ideas to um, 
19 votes. Thank you. Thank for you. Um, you know, one of the ideas that they had to fix Baltimore City property taxes. But Olszewski's not ruling anything off the table. Okay? And one of the reasons, and it's, it's funny, Greg, because it always comes back to this. Every discussion about taxes and budget in the state of Maryland always comes back to the bond rating. Right. Everything. Right. And well, one of the one of the reasons Democrats are able to maintain that high bond rating is because the bonding houses know they'll raise taxes mm-hmm. to pay for it. So they know they're good for it because they'll raise taxes because they have the the political will and and support to do that. Um, that's one way you can do it. You could also do it through good fiscal management. Right. But that's not the option they choose. And look, this is this is sustainable. We haven't seen it in Anne Arundel County yet. But I, I, oh, it's I, coming. I would, would. It's coming. You know, this if is you exactly. Look, if you look at. Right. You, not to interrupt you. Um, Where you are. I am. Sorry. But if you look at the agenda that Pittman's put out there, if you look right. at the bodies on the county council that are in place. Right. Pro-tax administration in Anne Arundel County and a pro-tax county council. Yeah. And. In a very tax-averse county, ostensibly. Well, yeah. I mean, we've always thought it's a tax-averse yeah. county. Maybe it still is. I mean, I, I still think that people really don't know what they were voting for when they voted for Stuart Pittman. And that as soon as they start hitting their pocketbook, thank God we have the tax cap, by the way. Yeah. Um, as soon as they start hitting the pocketbook, that's when people are going to really start getting red flags. This is why it's important, I know, for us in Anne Arundel County to try to make sure that we've got uh, a good candidate for county executive ready to go in 2022, no matter who right. that is. I'm not saying yeah. – and I'm certainly not saying Steve wasn't a good candidate because he was. Right. Um, you know, but, and we've got some new members on the county council, and they're going to have to really step up. And we got some good people there, right? But you know, if there's any questions about if they're going to oppose this kind of stuff, I, I think we're going to get find out real quick um, yeah. if, if they're going to if they're going to be there. And look, this is what we saw with Gavin Buckley when he got elected mayor of Annapolis. Another kind guy of the same completely kind of, unprepared to lead. Yeah, right away raised taxes. It, it it is the pattern that the Democrats have. It is. And this is what we're talking about before, going to the left. One of the biggest weaknesses Democrats have electorally is the tax issue. It was what Governor Hogan used to define negatively um, uh, his opponent. Right. And both Angelus, yes. And did so very effectively. And, and, and that is a great issue for Republicans. Uh, maybe Steve Shu. I've heard some criticism that Steve Shu's campaign did do enough to negatively define Stuart Pittman. Um, I've heard that from people senior in the campaign uh, who suggested that. Uh, so, but that's but if they play into that by raising taxes, they're slitting their own throat. Now, if you're Johnny O, you think you got this huge mandate and you're unbeatable in in Baltimore County, you can probably get away with it. But and John, you'd rather but, take but the, the and you'd rather well look look at it, look at it honestly look at it objectively he he wins an extremely close razor thin margin in the primary he blows out a very presumptively strong opponent in the general so who are you more afraid of okay the progressive elements in your own party who might challenge you in a primary or the republicans in a general election electorate who's mad because you raised taxes well the question becomes that's an easy that's an easy one so i'm i'm surprised he hasn't raised taxes already the question becomes whether johnny o Besides, he wants to run for governor in four years. Because if Johnny O wants to be governor of Maryland, he's not going to be able to do that. He's not going to be able to raise taxes in his first year well, as I, county executive. 
Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. And remember, I mean, that'll get, him, over, that'll get him through a Democratic primary for certain. But. And, and remember also, he takes over for a guy in Kevin Kamenetz who wanted to be governor, who made a point of his his uh, tax cutting or tax not raising record as one of the reasons he wanted to be governor. Right. Um, so I, I, to your point. But but again, this is, you know, this is they are a, who we thought they were. Exactly. And it's going to be a theme of the next four years, basically. That elections have consequences. Yeah. So, Greg, why don't we take a break? Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about more about a little bit about elections having consequences as it relates to Maryland's competitiveness. We'll talk about the Maryland Republican Party convention this weekend. We're going to talk about listener feedback, all that and more. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We'll be right back. You're invited to the first Red Maryland Leadership Conference on Saturday, January 26, 2019 at the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis, Maryland. Join conservatives together from across the state to discuss the future of conservatism in Maryland and to develop strong, principled conservative leaders for the future. This will be an affordable all-day event featuring speakers from across the state and from across the country discussing politics, ideas, and how to build a conservative majority in Maryland. Sponsorship opportunities are available, and to secure your seat for this conference, please visit RedMarylandConference.com. That's RedMarylandConference.com, and purchase your ticket today. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit RedMaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at RedMaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Red Maryland Radio, I said Brian, it's Greg. Good Nabbit. <laughs> hey, by the way, real quick, let's talk a little bit about the Red Maryland Leadership Conference before yeah. we get into it. Tickets are, are moving, okay? They are. Uh, and it's really important to point out, early bird ticket sales end Sunday yeah. night, 
at 11.59 p.m., okay? So tickets are $30 plus handling right now. That's correct. The price goes up on Monday. And, and here's the thing. You guys have been great supporting it. If you haven't bought your tickets, go do it. A lot of you have. This, I am now, I, every, as every day goes by, I am more and more convinced we will sell out and sell out before the end of the year. I mean, that's the trajectory that we're on. Huge sales today, by the way. Thank you, everybody who bought your tickets. If you're thinking about going, get your ticket before Sunday. We're go- the price is going to go up. We've been telling you this is coming. Yeah. We have no problem raising the price because we're selling tickets now. Yeah. So get in while the getting's good. I would rather this thing sell out by the weekend and not have to worry about shilling uh, for tickets anymore. But we're going right. to keep shilling until you buy them. And there are a limited number of tickets. And we're announcing more and more people. We just announced Andy Harris is going to be there. Yeah. We've got great panels. We've got more stuff in the works, folks. This is good. I don't know how we're all going to get it into one day. It is going to be jam-packed. There's so much you're going to learn about what happened in the election, about where we're going forward, the state level, the national level, important issues to conservatives. This is going to be a fantastic conference with a lot of fantastic speakers. Right. So get in while the getting's good. Yeah. And that ends on December 9th. RedMarylandConference.com. The first link you see when you go there, it says click here to buy tickets. You'll still be able to get tickets until they're all sold out after that. You have to pay a little more, and it'll still be a great deal. But do yourself a favor. If you're listening to me say this, do yourself a favor right now, redmarylandconference.com. Get yourself – and I'm pointing at the camera now. Get your tickets today. And by the way, you got a business. you got a campaign. you got something you want to shill, you want to sponsor. Call us. Yeah, we're listening. We got, and we, got we, we have some great we have some sponsors, sponsors already. already. Yeah, so many wonderful that'll let us do a lot more with the conference, and we're very excited. This is going to be a great event. We know it, it's already a success. We just want to sell out the tickets and make sure you're there. So, redmarylandconference.com. We want to we want to feel so good about this comp coming out of this conference that we want to do it again next year. Okay, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's that's because right. this is an important an important void that we are filling. Uh, we think, and hopefully yes. you do too. Um. Let's talk a bit about the Washington Post, Greg. The Washington Post, the Washington Post ran an article that I thought was very interesting and sounded very familiar. Headline, Maryland's Amazon loss prompts questions about its competitiveness. Maryland's pitch to land Amazon's second headquarters started with a catered dinner at Bethesda's homegrown Honest Tea Company and continued with a top-floor view from a glitzy hotel overlooking a new pedestrian-friendly shopping and restaurant development. During Amazon executives' two-day visit in March, MoCo leaders tried to showcase the best the suburb had to offer. Diverse residents starting and growing companies, a top-ranked school system, and enough of a hip, urban vibe to attract millennials. Dangling over the proposal was the biggest financial carrot of any publicly known bid for what Amazon called its HQ2, a state and local package of tax breaks, transportation investments, and other perks valued at up to $8.5 billion. Billion dollars. Moreover, Amazon's point person on the search, Holly Sear Sullivan, had personal ties to Maryland. Before joining the online retail giant, she worked to recruit companies to the county as president of what was then the Montgomery Business Development Corporation. None of it was enough. Amazon split the project between Long Island City and Queens and Crystal City in Northern Virginia, renewing longstanding concerns about Maryland's economic competitiveness, especially against its neighbor, across the Potomac River. Aaron Anaban Basu, chairman of the Maryland Economic Development Commission, said he has been left pondering, why would Amazon turn away billions of dollars in subsidies to go across the river? Basu, an economic consultant appointed by Governor Hogan, said he has concluded that Amazon must have rejected the state's antiquated regulations and higher taxes for corporations and top-earning residents, 
Amazon has said sellers of the new headache recorders will average $150,000. Unlike in Virginia, Maryland jurisdictions impose a local income tax in addition to the state tax. One of the reasons Maryland created such a large incentive package for Amazon is because we know our business climate is not as competitive, said Basu, whose Baltimore firm, the Sage Policy Group, conducted the state's economic impact of Amazon's potential benefits but was not involved in the bid. We know we need a massive package to attract them. Even with that, Amazon said, thanks but no thanks. Now, Greg, you may remember. We know we need a massive package to attract them. Yes. We do need a massive package, apparently. Yes. Um, we don't we just read them, folks. If you remember back a couple weeks ago on the air raid, right after the uh, announcement that HQ2 was not coming to Maryland. Correct. Pretty sure I said just about the same thing. Yes. Well, those questions were raised. And the reality is, and this is something we've talked about before, wouldn't it be better to take whatever investment or tax breaks – to draw a company and just put those generally into the economy to improve the general business climate rather than picking a particular company that you want to bring in, reducing the local income taxes, reducing the regulatory. And I know the governor is trying to do a lot of, of these things. He's he had success in some areas and thwarted by the legislature and others. But this, when it comes to competitiveness, these are the kinds of issues um, that, that we have to deal with. It's, again, one of the main things the governor ran on, and we've seen improvement. But we haven't gone – we haven't done enough. The governor hasn't been right. able to do all the things he wants to do. And we don't need you know, one Amazon with 10,000 jobs. We need you know, 100 10, companies with 1,000 jobs or what, what happened. You're right, exactly. You get the point. Yeah. And creating an environment where those companies can come here and thrive and, and want to do that. And yeah, the goal is to make sure that we you – know, the problem when you, when you do something like this with the Amazon, it's $8.5 billion in incentives and um, – you know, trying to put all of these packages together that's specifically for Amazon and trying right. to wine them and dine them and everything else. The problem is, is that, okay, you, you put literally all your eggs into this basket, okay? You were saying that this company and this company alone is, is eligible for these tax incentives and these tax breaks and these subsidies and, you know, these incentives to come here. Meanwhile, you could have another company somewhere else that's looking to develop just as many jobs, right. they may not be making as public spectacle of it as Amazon was, and you're just kind of leaving them out, hang out there to dry because you're too focused on this other company over here. Whereas if you are, if you are working towards policies that lower the regulatory burden for everybody, that lower the tax burden for everybody, that makes it easier to live here, to start a business here, to grow a business here. Yeah. And hell, even if you start looking at things like talking about you know the taxation of retirement income, yeah, well, know, even that all factors e- into it. Even basic, and, and you pointed this out at the time. I mean, we're we're better off without Amazon, really, in a lot of ways. It, but but now that we have this political will to create this sort of tax incentive package, why don't we do things? You know, one of the things the governors want to do for years, which is very simple is to get rid of the personal property tax yes. for small businesses. Yes. I mean, the smallest businesses in the state pay $300 just for the privilege of being an organized business. Yeah. The governor says we don't need the money. It's not, it's not billions of dollars. It's, it's, I don't even know if it's $10 million that it brings in. But the Democrats have refused to get rid of it. You know, that's how you start the business in your garage that becomes 
Apple or Amazon or something like that. Right. Why we thwart that, but yet we're willing to give billions of dollars and, and you know, it's crony capitalism to some degree. And, and I would rather the governor didn't get involved in it. I think politically the governor had no choice. But if it went else and he was involved, he was going to get killed for it. Right. I, I, I get that. It's kind of a catch-22. But the governor understands that you want to build generally and create an environment. And the problem is he's going to have a legislature that's going to be probably even more hostile to to those some of those ideas. And it'll be interesting to see if he can work out some deals to get some breaks on taxing retirement income. But this, this um, actually goes and, to a bigger – You know, the small business tax cuts that you're talking This about. goes to a bigger issue, and it particularly relates to the Democratic Party these days. Our, our friend on the left, Adam Pagnuccio. Right. We disagree on yes almost everything Correct. when it comes politically. Yes. But you know he's he's writing for the Bethesda Beat now, doing a blog uh, column for them. Okay. And one of the things that he mentioned now that with the election of Mark Elric in Montgomery County, that Montgomery County is become is is falling behind other counties both in Maryland as well as in the national capital region when it comes to com- economic competitiveness. Right. Because Montgomery County's regulatory climate and tax climate. You know, Maryland's climate's bad enough. You get to Montgomery County, where it's been just a string of leftists for the last 20 years. Right. And then you bring in literally the king of all possible leftists, Mark Elrich. I mean, the only guy who might have been further to the left in this election than him was Ben Jealous. You know, and, and you're not talking about a recipe for economic growth and economic development in Montgomery County. Yeah. So this is, this is not just an issue that Republicans are, and conservatives are talking about. This is an issue that even Democrats are realizing, hey, we're falling behind the eight ball, and we need to do something to make, uh, you know, make Maryland a more economically um, possible climate for a lot of folks. Yeah, well, one of the reasons – I mean what you're talking about in Montgomery County, Montgomery County is where Amazon wanted to go, and I think that was one of the things that worked against it. More than the statewide stuff, the local income tax – in Montgomery County, which is the highest in the state, the second highest in the state, if it's it's near um, the top, and and you know they just jacked up property taxes there last year. It's a place. It's a place that's rapidly becoming because of liberal policies. And again, you know, we got a lot of great Republican friends out there. They can't break through to win anything anywhere. I mean, that's the reality. Um, they got the term limits passed, which is which is frankly a help, but. Um, you know, it's all Democrats running the show right. out there and they've created an environment where you can be super rich or you can be, you know, I, I don't know. There's some working poor who apparently can work, who can live there. But if you're anything in between, it's just it's just oppressive uh, trying to live and and get a live and make a living. There. And oh, by the way, that's that has impacts on the rest of the state, too. One of the reasons that Frederick County is becoming more competitive sure. Is yeah. because so many Democrats are, yeah. are getting taxed out of Montgomery County. They're moving up to Frederick County, yeah. and that changes the political dynamics of that county too. It changes the political dynamics of Frederick County. You know, it changes the political dynamics of Washington County. You know? I, I, there's no question about it. There's no question about hey, it. I want to hit on one of the questions from the chat room. Actually, we're talking about the Maglev project, which is only funny because. Um, yeah, I've been involved in politics in this county for 20 years, Greg, as have you. And I think we've been yeah. talking about maglev the entire time. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it'll happen when it happens. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen either. I'm, I, my issue with maglev, um, has been, I don't see what the point of it is as far as, as a commuter, as a commuter train between Baltimore and Washington. I don't think that you're going to have people use that. But well, Matt, if that's Matt, the, yeah, if that's the extent of it, it does seem 
because how many people can it really take? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a problem. It's a train. That's 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 the problem. And digging huge tunnels to build trains underneath of everything that exists in you know that's the, the super cheap. city on the eastern on the eastern coast of America, because um, that's really what they're all. I, I think maglev has maglev has has attractive functions for inter city inter you know inner city travel. Yeah. Not interurban travel, you know, not talk, you know, between, you know, within the same urban, you know, aggregation. There you go. Urban yeah. aggregation. I saw them in 83. They were great. Who'd they open for? Uh, Devo. Um, <laughs> there's, there is no chance you ever saw Devo. I didn't. There's a chance. I know you. You did not go see Devo. Okay. All right. I, I hate Devo. I'm not a huge Devo fan. I know you're a big. Let's not get into that. I know you're a big New Wave fan. I am a huge New Wave fan. Yes. Yes. That is. Okay, but I don't. I don't hate on it. Okay. Okay. I just. I'm just saying that knowing the music that you like, listening to 97 Underground. Right. As your. As your. By default. the way, M3 lineup. Tickets go on sale December 19th. Lineup has been announced. So there. Who, who is it? Oh, there's so many people there. They've got. Uh, White Snake is headlining okay. one night. It's a three-day event this year. Oh, uh, we do, we do, we'll do a segment later. Tickets go on sale December night. You, you and you can go with Phil Parenti. Phil, let's go. My <laughs> wife and I are going to be there. Let's go, man. Let's hang Red out. Maryland meet up at M3. First round's on me. Absolutely. Actually, you could probably a lot of our people. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. They got Warrant. They got LA Guns. I'm very excited about that going to be there. Skid Row is going to be there. Very excited about that. Another place that a lot of our people is, are going to be is at the uh, Maryland Republican Party convention tomorrow night. Kicks will not be playing tomorrow night. That would be Which would awesome. be awesome if they did. It would be, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Um, but the, um, the, convention, so the convention is at the Hotel at Arundel Preserve. Yes. I think we established that's where it was. Let's just say that's what it is. Um, Go to go to the mdgop.com. You can find out more about the convention. It's something. It's either preserve at Arundel Mills or the, the yeah. That's what it is. It's got preserve in it, and it's got Arundel. It's not Smucker's Preserve, which, by the way, are the best preserves. By the way, um, that's fine. That's fine. But anyway, we we've been there before. It's going to be interesting. It we're going to hotel on Arundel Preserve. Okay. Great. So we were at, we were wrong all the way around. No, that's what I said the last time. Hotel at Arundel Preserve. Okay, that was one of the five things you said. You're right. <laughs> I was bound to get it right at one point. Yeah, exactly. So we will be there yes. uh, tomorrow night. Um, we will def. Uh, so here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be, have a table. Okay. Yes. We're gonna be we're gonna be shilling like hell. Zang. We're gonna be shilling like hell for this conve- c- c- conference. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you, you want to see this sign live, it'll be there. <laughs> that's the plan. Um. The plan is that we will broadcast live on Facebook, okay? Now, let's We're going to try. So if you remember back to election night. It and, won't be as bad as that. Yeah, if it's that bad, we're going to try to bounce it off phones. We're not going to do it, okay? You can just yeah. listen to the podcast later. It will be taped for podcasts, yes. regardless of whether we're on live tomorrow night. Yes. Um, I believe we're having a third man in the booth. Did we confirm that? I think we – well, I think he did confirm, yes. Okay. Um, scheduled to appear. Scheduled to appear. WBAL, former Red Maryland superstar Andrew Langer. Yes. Will be joining us uh, on, on the third mic. So that'll be fun. <laughs> That's all I had handy, Andrew. <laughs> That's about right, really. No um, word on Jerry Rogers, but he's, he's we're happy to have him. Right. Um, so it'll be a usual show. It'll be – uh, we'll talk with whoever we can grab. 
Yeah. Last year's show was yeah. very interesting because we had Tony McConaughey oh, I wish we had and Jerry Walker same, on. Get, I, yeah, I wish we had those two guys back this year. That could be a follow-up. That would be the most amazing show. Guys, come on. <laughs> come on. But, you know, it's so we will be uh, – if you go in the hotel, the, we'll, we will be near the registration table for those of you yes. who are going to the convention. Um, we're great gonna, spot. We're yeah. planning to tape six-ish, six to eight. That's when we're planning but, on taping. Yeah. Um, so, and then so we'll be we'll be working the suites after that, and it'll be fun. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. I apologize. Um, it'll be fun because we've done these many, many times before, and when we're recording live, people just walk up to us. Yeah, it'll be fun if we're on video and people do that. Oh, they'll do it. Yeah, or somebody will just stand. I'm right sorry, in front sir. Of the camera. <laughs> this is what we have to deal with. People don't believe us when we say that, but when you see it live, <laughs> if we can get enough bandwidth, I'm sorry. Yes, we will also be, as Brian was saying. After the show's done, after we you know pack up the the equipment and, right. and roll it out to the car, we're gonna we're going to uh, work the uh, suites. And the this year, suites. and this year for the first time, I've got a handheld digital recorder. Oh, so I will sweet. I will do my best Dwayne Keenan impression. I can I can only do an impression. I cannot emulate um, how good Dwayne was at this. You have um, to shave your head. Sorry, Dwayne. You made fun of me last week. You called me Santa Claus last week. So you deserve it. <laughs> Um, so I have the digital recorder. We'll try to get some audio Friday night, and I'll yeah. try to get some audio on Saturday. And by the way, I read on Facebook that Brian Griffiths is going to the Make Maryland Great Again Trump room. Yeah. That he likes it and that he's going. I said I was I going. I want yeah. to see that. So all you MAGA voters, man, your boy is going to be there. <laughs> get some audio of that, by the way. Um, let's talk a little bit. Obviously, we, we do have some contested elections. Yes, uh, let's talk about Dirt Kara running unopposed for state party chairman. By the way, no gender restrictions. No. on on they can our be all female. They can you know. They can be all male. They can all insist on using the pronoun they. It's it's wide open. Um, and there's no geographic restrictions either. Though if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a a, uh, a bylaw amendment in place that um, that would have actually created regional vice chairs. And, second and third vice chair, which quite frankly would be pretty, pretty damn useful. The idea was actually. the idea was that you'd have someone who would be in charge of a region rather well, than and just also, a first, second, third vice and chair. And also which, realistically, the second, the second and third, first vice chairman serve, you know, is basically like the vice president, the lieutenant governor, Correct. if you will. Where I will. the second and third vice chairman basically have no In the event no the first vice chair is unable to attend, the second vice chair. Um, yeah. But we do have a... a and historically... And I'm good. This is a controversial statement. They didn't really do anything anyway. So, which vice chair kind of lived up to? I mean, the second and third vice chair really haven't done a whole lot anyway. No, that's true. That's true. Prove me wrong. This year's candidates. So, first vice chair um, Mike Higgs is running for re-election. He is okay. challenged by uh, our friend Brandon Cooper, the chairman of the Prince George's County Central right. Committee, as well as uh, Melanie Harris, who ran for delegate in District 12. Correct. So that's a three-way. A three-way dance for that for that election. Correct. Um, second vice chair, uh, a two a two-person election between two friends of ours, um, Joey Lynn Huff from yes. Frederick County and Tony Campbell, uh, who is the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate. Right. Um, now John Wafer, former secretary of the Maryland Republican Party, yeah, not a friend of Red Maryland. Red Maryland super fan. Stretch of the imagination. Um, <laughs> fi- he filed to run for second vice chairman, but got his paperwork in late. So, so there'll be some controversy as to why. I understand be that he has withdrawn from the race because oh, he didn't get his paperwork in on time. 
possibly Aww. related to the fact that I wrote about it at Red Maryland. Well, John, please com. do stop by. We'd love to talk with you. Oh, that would be choice. We'd um, love to talk with that you, buddy. That would be great. And then for uh, third vice chairman, there's a race between uh, the incumbent, Shannon Wright of Baltimore City, and Matt After Adams. After Shannon Wright, if you please. Oh, okay. And Matt Adams from Somerset County, um, who I've had a much better relationship the last couple of years than... Um, the time you wanted to fight him in the hallway you told me about? No, that I think was Bill Hale. No, you also wanted to fight Bill Hale at a at a debate we were at. Yes. <laughs> That's another issue. You didn't actually fight any of these people, by the way. No, they all they out. all walked away. That's well. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, glad you and Matt have have uh, gotten along better. Yes, That's great. Certainly. That's great. Um, the uh, Chris Rosenthal, the treasurer, is running unopposed. Yeah, well, who's going to run against Chris? He's been the treasurer forever. Mark, Unk- Mark Unkefer, the secretary, is running for re-election against Ann White, who is the secretary of the Anne Arundel County Central Committee, who, until somebody told me this person was from Anne Arundel County, I had never heard of her in my life. Well, that's more a reflection on you, isn't it? I mean, come on. I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anne is, I'm sure, great as a secretary. But either which way. Is a, which is a non-elected position, and then, and then it'll be interesting to see. No, it's, not, it's an elected position. The secretary yes. and the local... I oh, that is, a, lo- non, that is right. a non-elected position. Yes, you are correct. It's, it's yeah. elected by the central committee or appointed you know by the central committee. what I'm talking committee. about. Well, you were confused. You, you were... could be a member. You don't have to be a member is my point. Yeah, she's not a member. Right. Um, right. But, but all of them, or almost all of them, did answer our candidate survey. So you can go to redmaryland.com go check and it check out. those out. And check let, it out. Let your central committee member know what's going on. Yeah. Send them an email. Tell them whether you think they follow through on task or not. Um, that's an inside joke, and I still have that email. So don't ever tell me you didn't send it. Person who knows who I'm talking to, because I'm pointing at you through the camera and through the portals of time. Uh, but there, there is so. That's one so thing about Red Maryland. We don't forget. Oh no! Oh no! Um, <laughs> but uh, so go check it out. If you're a Central Committee member, you can vote. If you're not a Central Committee member. And you're a registered Republican. Tell your local county yeah. central committee members who you would support. There is, from what I understand, we're not endorsing anybody. Nope. So please stop sending your emails. Yeah, we've it's got a lot of people happen. saying, hey, are you going to write about this and that? Are you going to endorse so-and-so? No. No, we've, we're not. We, we've made a conscious – and by the way, don't write Brian because Brian doesn't endorse by himself. We all have to agree. So at least CC me on your emails if you want an endorsement. Okay. I mean, you'd think people would learn that by now. But anyway, we've decided to put the information out there and let the let the Central Committee members decide. There is a slate, and yes. I don't know if you want to talk about this. There is a slate, yeah. There is a slate led by the current chairman, Dirk Hare. Uh, I don't know if there's a competing slate, but— I don't think so. I mean, there's not a full competing slate because nobody's running— Running for chairman, for chairman. correct. Uh, I, I know that the it's the incumbent slate— Right. With, um, with Joey Lynn Huff replacing Correct. Larry Helminiak. Who, who is not running again, so that's an open race. Right. Correct. Yeah. So that's the, that is the slate that is out there. So we'll see what happens. So we'll see. Greg, why don't we take a break? When we Let's come take back, a break. Come back. We've got to do it. we gotta, we got to we'll hit some listener feedback. Climb down into the salt mines and, and <laughs> give, give, deal with the feedback. You're not going to want to miss this. Stick with us. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Yeah. 
Hi there, this is John Frenet from Ion Annapolis, otherwise known as PurpleMaryland.com. I try to remain politically Swiss. Brian and Greg from Red Maryland have put together a fantastic conference that you can't miss. Save the date, January 26th, in Annapolis at the Doubletree Hotel. It's going to be the inaugural Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Join conservatives from across the state to discuss the future of conservatism in Maryland and to develop principled, strong conservative leaders for our future. This affordable single-day event will bring speakers from across the state and nation to talk politics, ideas, and how to build a conservative majority in Maryland. To make sure you're in on this, please visit redmarylandconference.com today and secure your seat. That's redmarylandconference.com. This will sell out, and if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, there are those available as well. Again, redmarylandconference.com. On the Red Maryland Network, I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. And now to the listener feedback portion of our show. Yes. Which is going to be, uh, oh, I'm sure <laughs> we're, we're going to get mail. More mail. Well, we've already gotten it. That's why we're doing Actually. it. Um, by the way, we love your feedback. Redmaryland at gmail.com. 410-205-4875. What's the number again? 410-205-book.com slash Redmaryland. Add Redmaryland on Twitter. Love to get your feedback. We say the more negative, the better. It's not a dare, <laughs> but you all seem to take it that way. So let us now delve into, and Brian, I'll give you dealer's choice. What do we want to deal with first? Let's talk about the, let's talk about the Red Maryland poll first, okay? Because we've got, and we've the, got the Red Maryland Awards yes. in particular. Um, yes. By the way, thanks for supporting it. Everybody's, everybody always gets excited. That's why we do them. Yeah, you guys are just playing into us because it's yes. like there's always one winner of the Red Maryland poll. And that's Red Maryland. Red Maryland. Red Maryland is always the winner. So keep those clicks coming. So a couple of different things. Yes. One, um, so our friend Gary Collins um, had posted on Facebook the other day. Your in, fellow supporter of the program. <laughs> he, support, he posted, just being funny, he, he, was, he was nominated by, uh, for, for Least Valuable Conservative. So he let, tagged me let on Let me know when we repeat the the message about who did the nominations and I'll jump right in. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I posted on there. Hey, just to remind everybody, cause I knew he was just farting around. You guys are tight. <laughs> I, have no, I have no beef with Gary. All your MAGA meetings. That <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I said, hey, we, these are not nominated by me or Red Merrill or anybody else. It's nominated by our listeners and our readers. Not nominated by us. Can't say that again. Enough. Not nominated by us. Nominated by you. We do that for a reason. We didn't leave people off. We didn't put people on. 
Right. Okay? And if we did, if, if for those who say, well, you should add so-and-so, if we added so-and-so or took so-and-so off, then it is us doing it. Right. So we don't do that. Because we got, I got some, some, some jabroni. Jabroni. Ja, you know, some jagoff. Oh, I'm not going to repeat that. That's terrible. Jumped down my throat because it's like, well, why wasn't Nino Mangione nominated for conservative of the year? Um, and Brian, you know what? What I love about Brian is his restraint <laughs> and his uh, his generosity of spirit, which was on full display responding <laughs> to this particular gentleman. You know, I I reminded him. It's like, hey, nobody nominated him. Oh well, you're saying that of the thousands of people who read you, nobody nominated him. Correct. No. Nobody nominated him. Yeah. You may think he's the greatest person since creation, but you didn't nominate him, and that's your problem and not mine. And then it just went downhill from And then he kept trolling him. There. Well, he kept being a, a D bag and he you know, sometimes you yeah. gotta you know Yeah. Well look we I, I, again we place. do it for a reason because in addition to the the interaction that Brian had, we've had emails and people complaining about, well, so and so is great, why didn't you add so and so? Right. I don't, you know, just add them. I'm like, well, okay. Again, I'm sh- I'm not saying so and so isn't great. I I have no problem with Nino Mangione being on the list or whomever you want to choose. Right. Your guy from wherever in your part of the state. But we don't make the list. We do that on purpose. And by the way, if you listen to last week's show, there's a lot of nominees. Yeah. Some people are complaining too many nominees. Yeah. Some people are saying you should cut the list down. You know, it's like Bernie Sanders saying there's too many different kinds of shampoo. Well, you know what? We we let the market decide. That's you. You decide. We say, hey, you nominate people, whoever you want, nominate them. Right. Okay. Then we come back and we vote on the people you nominate. We've done that for you. We've done this for years, folks. You didn't see it when it went out and you missed it. And now you're mad and I get it. But that's not our problem. It's it's no. It's, so we're not going to add the guy you want. We're not going to take away the guy you don't want. It, none of it's personal because we didn't do it. So just you know, just vote for who you want. And if your person wasn't on there next year, make sure you you are, are part of the nominating poll. Yeah. Um, and here's another thing that happened. So we actually got hipped hips to this. Okay. Hip. So over at our, our, our good friends in the 2A community, who seem to always forget we're on their side um, of the issue. I think a lot of their fellow 2A members think that way, too. Uh, we, uh, and by the way, I don't know why we have to say this, but we're, gonna, we're fully supportive of the Second Amendment. Right. Second Amendment rights, including the, the right to uh, concealed, carry concealed firearms. We're both in favor of shall issue laws in the state of Maryland. Yes. Or without hesitation. Constitutional carry. Yes. Fine. The Constitution is your permit. Fine. Neither Brian or I have a problem with that at all and and encourage it. But this is what we get anyway. So over at the Maryland Shooters Forum, this was posted by Stove Man. Stove. Stove Man. um, I love that they always use fake names. Whose avatar is John Travolta sitting on the can from Pulp Fiction. Sure. Sure. But he, let, he didn't have his gun with him, and that's why he died there. Maybe that's the point. That's the lesson. Yeah. So here, here is, here is the here. – I'm just going to read this 
verbatim. I think okay. that's the only fair way to do it. Headline, PP nominated for Conservative Organization of the Year. Now, you probably ask yourself, what's PP? Um, <laughs> that's probably not what you're wondering. So but it may not be what PP you're thinking of. Here is it, it's not it's not a toddler going to the bathroom. It's not Planned Parenthood. It's not Planned Parenthood. It's not the Philadelphia Phillies. It's Patriot Picket. Patriot. You may be thinking to yourself, picket. what's the Patriot Picket? Who or what are the Patriot Picket that you? They are of? a pro-gun group. Correct. Most notably, they were the ones who had folks arrested and charged for protesting. Correct. Uh, on the state house lawn. Right. Um. A couple of years ago, that's, big controversy. Wrongfully like, detained. Wrongfully detained. By an oppressive state government. Right. So this is what they put. What? I'm just reading it, folks. Just reading it. Just reading Someone it. on the Book of Faces hipped me to this. The PP was nominated for Conservative Organization of the Year over right. on Red, Maryland. That's correct. The poll is open today right. and will stay open for 10 days. Also true. The two tools that run RM are Serious Hogan bootlickers. And the PP is not their brand of conservatism, which is why I think it would be a hoot to do well in this. A hoot. Hit it early, often, and from multiple devices. And then it, you know, it's they. um... First off, if you're going to be a bootlicker, take it seriously. That's my philosophy. (laughs) What? Number two, (laughs) I don't know why adding serious Hogan. Yes, we support Governor Hogan. This is their problem. They don't like Governor Hogan. Anybody like Governor Hogan are enemies of the people. To and these that, and very that's what, rational and that's people. And that's what they're doing, by the way. They are not just spamming, trying to spam the poll right. to get them um, conservative organization of the year. Correct. We, we'll talk about that in a second. Right. Uh, but secondly, they're also trying to spam the poll to make sure that Governor Hogan wins least valuable conservative. Now, it, again, oh, go ahead. nobody in their right mind should have even nominated Governor Hogan for least valuable conservative. But again, to the point that Greg was pointing out, we don't pick and choose right. what we do. We listen to the so the suggestions, yes. good and bad, that you all make, right. um, no matter how serious our bootlicking right. is, we didn't take him off the list. Right. And by the way, let's be clear. There's a difference between an organized campaign to get people to go to our website, which we're all in favor of, by the way. Do it. And the same ISP voting over and over again, which we, which we do notice and account for. Yes. So just – I mean, if, if – if all the all the patriots out there get together and hundreds of you vote in our poll, we win the poll. But I'm just going to point out something really quickly, okay? Because you know there are a lot of you know patriot picket wants to say they are, are a a good conservative organization, okay? And I do think they. You want will to say note that. that a lot of good two A folks lost this year. Um, Tony McConkey, Deb Ray, you know, folks who right. lost close elections. You know what Patriot Picket was doing the night before the election? They were obviously they were campaigning for these folks who lost in close races, like Glenn Glass. I'm sure they were trying to get every last vote they could get on the night before election. Day. No, they were go. They were protesting outside the governor's mansion. Ah, yeah. Well, that sounds really useful. So you're point. talking about people who are protesting instead of campaigning. You're talking about people who think Larry Hogan is not a conservative. Good. These are not serious people. And once again, it goes back. It goes back to the same jagoffs like Captain Burrs and uh, Mr. Boomstick and all these other people who yeah. are huge two A supporters, but are the most ineffective people I have ever seen in p- promoting an issue. Well, this is this is our complaint that we've had with is not we agree on the issue, but we completely disagree with their tactical viewpoint that 
um, you know, if we just go pro do protests, that'll win us the right. issue. No, you got to elect people who agree with you and lobby and yeah. go door to door and no, well, you know, they, they lobby. But the problem is the people you're going to need to lobby. It would be better if they were people who supported your position, right? Like, like. Well, Tony McConkie and Glenn Glass, who combined probably lost by what three hundred votes between them. And oh, by the way, it also you know, it also when helped. you had however many people you had the night before protesting the governor who won with one point two million votes, a governor who by the way is going to draw districts that make it more likely we can elect yeah. pro two A folks in twenty twenty two. Almost almost certainly that will happen if yeah. he just doesn't do what the Democrats do. Right. It'll be better. Right. So. You know, again, it goes back to the same conversation we've been having for years. We're on the same side of the issue, but you know, they would just—I half think they would rather have Democrats win so they can bitch more. Yeah, I know. They're—they're they're the classic example of what I talked about the other week about the folks with the born to lose tattoo on them. Yeah, they'd rather be morally superior and and arrogant about how they're better than everybody else and they're stupid while their rights are being eroded, rather than work with people who don't agree with them entirely. To try to get people to elect to make it better for them. Or even worse, you know, completely just crap on people who do agree with them, like we do. On, right. you know, on but, but, but we support the people who they don't totally agree with, so we're the problem. Right. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, All but right. hey, don't worry. Keep the clicks coming, folks. Keep them coming. Yeah, by the way. Keep them coming. By the way, uh, you know, do your organized whatever, and if the readers end up picking Larry Hogan. I mean, obviously the editors have, so I don't think he's going to end up winning the award, but we're going to win. We win. Yeah. So if hundreds of you vote for him, great. If, if, if Patriot Pickett can, can get organized uh, to be group of the year, organization of the year, just imagine they may win the reader's did, vote. And just imagine if they took all that organization efforts and did something constructive. It may be the only thing they win this year. The reader's vote. Yeah. Um, that's fine. That's fine. By the way, just know that we win when you do that. And and I think someone has suggested, oh, you got to do something about it. No, we don't do anything about it. No. We're not going to let you spam from the same. We're not going to let one guy do it. No. That that wouldn't be fair to everybody else who voted. But yeah, put your organize your campaigns. Feel free. That's the idea is to traffic the website. So. Yeah. So thank you. You guys are on that. Uh, do it out of hate. Do it out of love. It's just clicks to <laughs> us, man. One more piece of listener feedback, Greg. I will turn the floor over to you. For okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do this and present this. Um, we had a segment last week that drew some controversy, and here's what I'm gonna do because we talked about uh, a column in the Annapolis Capitol. We commented on it, and the author had some very uh, it had a very upset reaction to it. And I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you the article. I'm going to play the clip from last week's show. I'm going to play the reaction, and I'm not going to comment or lead you in any direction. And I'm curious to see what you all think, and we'll have some comments afterwards. So here is the article. The article was from uh, Tori Snow, our friend. And we called him our friend, and he is our friend. I consider him a friend. Maybe he doesn't think we are. This is from the Annapolis Capitol. It's entitled... And I know Tori didn't write the – I've written for newspapers. I know he doesn't write the article, but the article is entitled – You mean the headline. The headline. Thank you. He does write the article. Uh, sorry, Tori. Anne Arundel Republicans must abandon politics as usual to rebuild the party. That's the name of the article, and here's, here's what he writes. Uh, at the NAACP's 44th Annual Freedom Fund Awards Banquet, the speaker asked members from the Anne Arundel County Democratic Central Committee to stand for recognition. 
I spotted two of the 13 members standing. Immediately after, a call was made for members of the Republican Central Committee. Not one member was present, which was not surprising, but no less embarrassing. Everyone knows that the Anne Arundel County Republican Party is reeling from a catastrophic rout that would earn a hat tip from Napoleon himself. Even I struggled to accept my overwhelming defeat when I hoped for a much closer outcome. Nonetheless, I forced myself to immediately focus on the road ahead, which is rebuilding something beautiful from this temporary setback. As the Anne Arundel County Chair for the Maryland Black Republican Council, my agenda is to spur our party to focus on building long-term relationships in our community. The most important thing I could do was to attend the NAACP's annual fundraiser a week after the election. Great movements are built on mundane, difficult tasks. I confess that being an open Republican in a room full of jubilant Democrats feels a bit like sporting stormtrooper cosplay at a Trekkie convention. Despite my imagination suggesting the worst possible outcome, the truth was that everyone was respectful and kind. Incidentally, I was seated at the same table as the man who beat me on November 6th, Councilman Andrew Pruski. And we learned a bit more about each other. Being present with virtually no political incentive is an excellent way to build relationships. In addition, it solicits respect, a key element to public engagement. County Republicans wish to regroup effectively. We should embrace the difference between partisan identity and core ideology. Republicans won't win a popularity contest against Democrats. Historically, the Democratic Party has drawn power from popular opinion. This is one of the reasons the Democratic Party was so supportive of slavery, lynching, Jim Crow, and segregation. These were the ideas that were popular to the majority at the time. Little thought was given to the long-term implications of the ideas. This also empowered them to mobilize the Ku Klux Klan to support their political objective of alienating black voters from the Republican Party. Democracy is a dangerous model of governing as it empowers any group that happens to have the most money and the most persuasive voice. By contrast, Republicans draw their authority from individual rights delineated in the U.S. Constitution. In fact, the Republican Party was established to address the oppression of a minority population that did not have the funding or voice to influence policy. The vocal demand to follow the U.S. Constitution balanced the scales in our nation. The black statesman was almost exclusively Republican, they understood all too well the risks of majority rules style government advocated by the Democratic Party. I can see that not all modern Republicans hold fast to these ideas, but many do. We should empower those voices to influence the direction of our party. My vision for the Anne Arundel County Republican Party is that we abandon the, quote, politics as usual model for building our party. We cannot com compete in an area that relies on massive volumes of money misleading official ballots, and gimmicky fruits to manipulate people into voting for them. We must completely, completely change battlegrounds. We need to show up to NAACP events and make ourselves available with more sustainable ideas. Our mission is to demonstrate that that can be accomplished when communities take over tasks relegated to ineffective government bureaucracy. I can't say that I have all the solutions. Still, I believe that our commitment to being personal advocates for liberty and empowering liberty-minded candidates will lead to an overthrow of majority rules policy in Anne Arundel County. From there, we can focus on liberty rules policies which the Constitution, with the Constitution as a foundation. The race for 2022 begins now. If we want a fighting chance, we better hit the road. Okay, that was the article. So now you have a background. Let me play you now 
our segment, a, a clip from our segment last week where we talked about this, about three minutes long, where, we, where I discussed this in the context of some other things we were talking about. Here we go. Well, Brian shared with me, one of his colleagues at the Annapolis Capitol, our friend Tori Snow. Yeah, good, had, good had, guy. A good guy um, had a had an uh, article, his column, um, where he basically said we need the, the the Republican Party needs to blow everything up and start from scratch. And I, and I really felt like it, th- this is something Tory's been saying for a long, long time. This is a guy who wants to kind of communicate differently, wants to kind of engage in the community a little bit differently. That's his shtick. And by the way, and that's, I don't, that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with yeah. that. But the problem is that's his agenda coming into the election. And the article that he wrote kind of cherry-picked certain data points and not even really was more anecdotal to kind of prove, hey, I was right all along. You know, he mentioned an event with the NAACP where there weren't any Republican Central Committee members there. But he ignores the fact that there were a lot of candidates that were there who lost, including himself. He kind of glosses over the fact that he lost just as bad as every other Republican did, yet he's the guy who you would think would be the paradigm of this, that he would be, you know, the, the example of this paradigm shift he wants to bring about. Um, he ignores the fact that the governor was successful. The governor won his district, too. The governor did, did, made great inroads with the African-American community, at least according to the polls beforehand, and a lot of the evidence of, of the final results. Right. So it, it, it it isn't that nobody's figured out how to do it or it's not being done. I don't think central committee members showing up at NAACP events. Well, that would be a great thing. That's not why we lost. Most there's people things, don't even know what a central committee. And by the way, is. there's things that the state party and the central committees have been falling down on that contributed to this loss. If you look at the data, the number one is we're falling behind in registration. Number one, that's something that they've been falling down on. And that's that is a job that central committees are supposed to be doing. That's a job that, you know, when you have a presidential year where, you know, Maryland's not really going to be in play, but you have people who are supporting whoever our nominee is or whoever the president is, who's part of our party. That's when we should be getting people registered to vote. That's when we should be building, you know, volunteer networks and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, it wasn't happening here. We've been falling behind for four years before Donald Trump ever came along. We've been falling behind on registration numbers. That's a problem because in a turnout election, even where we get great turnout, 60% of Republicans turned out in 2018, we just get overwhelmed. That's when the numbers do kill us because all the Democrats have to do, we make their job easier by saying, just get people with D's out and they'll vote for your guy. Then we have to come in with somebody like Governor Hogan and steal 20% of their vote to have a chance to win. Now we can do that. And the governor showed we can do that. So we got, but we got to work twice as hard. Where if our party was building itself the way it needs to, it gets a little easier. And I point out these are all topics that will be discussed. Yeah, January twenty sixth at the Red Maryland Leadership so Conference. I, Buy your tickets at redmarylandconference.com. You know, my problem is with somebody like Tory Snow coming in. They've got a, they've got a, they've got an agenda going into the election of how they think the state party ought to work. And they just cherry picked the date afterward to prove they were right all along. That's that's lazy. That's not intellectually honest. And I thought his piece was notably lacking. I mean, it was clear he was cutting corners to make his argument. And um, 
while there's plenty of good criticisms, and maybe his ultimate solution is not terrible in and of itself, it ignores the fact that there were Republicans who were successful in the areas he, you know, and I don't want to make this too Anne Arundel centric. I think this is true other places. There were candidates that were successful in, in places. And, um, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat as it were. Um, and, uh, I, I thought he ignored that and I, I, I have a problem with that. Well, okay. So I read you the piece. Those are my comments here. Now is the reaction this for the record, this is my first time I'm hearing this, okay? I have not heard this yet. This, is, this was Mr. Snow's reaction the very next day on Facebook. Here's what he had to say, about a four-minute clip. I'm just going to let it play, and then we'll talk about it afterward. Good morning, everybody. Tori Snow here, and I wanted to take a few minutes and um, discuss a topic that I really wish I wasn't talking about. But um, to lay some groundwork, um, I want everyone to know that uh, – myself and red Maryland, we have always had different ideas about how to do things. Um, you know, I've been following them for quite a bit and kind of keeping up and even we've looked, you know, to see if there's opportunities for collaboration and such. Um, not, nothing really came of that, but, um, what I will say is that I have never once used my platform or any part of my platform, uh, to personally attack any of them. Um, I have differences of opinions. Um, I've never used my platform to attack any conservative that I'm aware of. Um, you know, um, I've, I've, I've criticized ideas and I've criticized principles, but um, I've never gone after an individual. And, and part of that is because I understand that we all have our hands full dealing with the leftists and the Democrats um, here in Anne the County. So um, imagine my surprise when I'm tuning into the broadcast to kind of, you know, I'm curious about what the nominations were and thinking about whether I want to, you know, go to this conference or not. Um, and um, lo and behold, there is a five minute segment dedicated to just tearing me apart and, you know, calling me uh, lazy and intellectually dishonest and um, things that I I would never say about another conservative, um, you know, especially on a personal level. And, um you guys know me. I've got a thick skin. I, you know, I've, I've dealt with this before. Um, you know, something I definitely would have expected from the Arundel Patriot and laughed all the way to the work, but um, I was not expecting it um, from another fellow conservative organization, and that was frustrating to me. Um, I, I don't think that we need any of that, guys. I have my hands full. Um, we are trying to make inroads in heavy, heavy Democrat areas, and when I write a column. Um, which I don't know what article um, you guys read. It wasn't the one that I wrote. Um, clearly, I was speaking anecdotally when I mentioned my attendance at the NAACP meet, um, Freedom Fund Banquet. It was not a um, broad censor of the party in general, just a general observation that was anecdotal to the extent that I made a Star Wars reference to clearly delineate it as an anecdote. But the meat of my article was about the history of the Democratic Party versus the history of the Republican Party and why I feel that ideology is a better way to go. And um, I was just laying out my own vision for what I feel the party should do. I certainly um, didn't merit the harsh response that we got from Red Maryland. And so um, Guys, seriously, if you have an issue with me, call me. Send me a message. Let's deal with this stuff uh, behind closed doors. And, and I'm sure one phone call um, would have cleared everything up because clearly what you read is not what myself and many others that have read the article read. Um, many people have given me a lot of positive feedback. They understood clearly that I was going after the Democrats and not really criticizing the Republicans, just suggesting a new path, and we're going to keep working on that. So 
pick up the phone next time, guys. Don't put me on blast like that. Um, that is that is frustrating to me. Um, I, I I need to be focused on Democrats. I need to be focused on the leftist organizations that are trying to gain a foothold. I cannot be worried about fellow conservative Republican organizations uh, throwing me under the bus and um, just just saying just unnecessary. Don't call me um, a liar saying I'm intellectually dishonest. Don't call me lazy. Um, I work very hard for the things that I do, and so. Um, that is what that is. Guys, I'm aware of it. You don't have to send me any more messages saying, did you realize that I, I know about it? Um, I don't really care in the sense that, you know, it is frustrating, but it's not going to hold me back. It's not going to change my message. I'm not backing down. Um, we will um, have our voice heard and no one's going to intimidate me from that. Um, it's just in the future, I'd really like to be able to focus on the Democrats, really, seriously. Um, so those are my thoughts on that. Good morning, everybody. Tori Snow. Okay. That wow. Okay. So there you go. You I read you the article. I played you the clip of the segment that we had, and that was the response. Now I invited. Now I responded uh, to Tori on Facebook, and I invited him on the show tonight. He declined to come on. He said that statement was he was fine with what he said. Now I, I have a lot of things that I want to say about it, and I wanted to have a discussion with Tori. Um, about it, but but this is the first time Brian's saying it, so I'm I'm curious because I and by the way, you all have watched. I'd, at this point, I would love for you to hit pause and tell me if I'm way off base on this. If you th- if you think that criticism from from Tory was fair of me or that I was somehow off base, but I want to hear Brian. Go ahead. I'd, li- I'd love I'm, to get your your I'm reaction. Confused, quite frankly, more than anything else, because I mean. For those of you who have been fans of Red Maryland for our 11 years of existence and you know for the podcast, this is 390 episodes of this show plus all of the other shows we've done, um, we have put a lot of people on blast. I don't, I don't think last week was anywhere in that ballpark of putting anybody on blast. Um, certainly when we pointed out, you know, well, that, yeah, that we that we like Tory and consider him, you know, we're we're friendly, you know, consider him to be a friendly. Um, I I certainly think that, you know, we are not the only people who read the article and had that reaction, the reaction that we had. Um, so I I, you know, different people see different things. You know, it's I I don't I I understand what he was what the, what he's saying his point was as far as talking about ideology and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of people got caught up in that first part, and, and quite frankly, I think that if the point was if the point was the second half of the article, the article would have been better served to leave out all of the anecdotal evidence that was not necessarily accurate uh, in the first part of the article. I think that I think if that stuff's not there, we have an entirely we don't even we're not even having this conversation right now. And you know, I, I don't. It's frustrating to me because I, I don't understand I, I just don't understand where his concern where he thought it was a personal attack. It just doesn't we have done what would be considered personal attacks against people before and you know when we do those You don't need the air quotes for those, by the way. <laughs> when we do, you know, we, when we do those, we turn it up to eleven. You know, just ask, you know, Collins Bailey, Charles Lawler, guys like that you know, what happens when we really kind of sink our teeth into somebody. That's not what 
we did, certainly not what you did. I mean, you did kind of the majority of the talking last week, I think, to be fair. No, and, I, I, no it, and that's why I played the segment, because I wanted you so, to hear what I said in contact. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I turn it over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, I, here's the problem. First off, Tory in his video says, you should have given me a call. Okay. We were commenting upon an op-ed in the local newspaper. Okay. This is someone who wrote an article who said it was entitled to, you know, the, the Anne Arundel Republican Party needs to stop politics as usual. His, if he doesn't think people are getting out of it what he meant, and I think there's some frustration that comes through in that video, he wrote the article. So he mentions, and this is exactly what I said last week. He mentions the failure of central committees to go to this NWCP event. We're doing it wrong. Uh, Democrats are bad. I get that. Um, and then he also comes back full circle at the end to say, I went to another NWCP event after the election. The clear implication or inference, maybe I'm implying, he's implying, I'm inferring, is that, you know, I didn't see a lot of Republicans there. That's the kind of thing we need to do. And my, my criticism of it, as I pointed out last week, number one, not personal. I did not call him a lazy person. I said his, his argument was lazy because he didn't have facts that proved that they were he, – he gives this, which he admits is an anecdote of an event that people didn't go to and says, we're doing everything wrong. I'm going to these events. We're not going to these events. We need to change everything we're doing. Well, that was lazy because there was no factual support for a supposition, one, that Republicans can't win with a popular message. And I read you the article. You heard the article verbatim. Okay. It wasn't supported factually. He basically has been saying the same thing he said in that article he's been saying before the election. That's his shtick. That's his, that's his game. He wants to, and, and I don't have a problem with it. We may disagree, as he points out, as far as tactics go. But when you write an article, an op-ed in the newspaper, I don't have to call you if I disagree with you first and come on this show. You, he doesn't have to call me to disagree with what I said about me. Okay, this is a discussion we're having about what we do with the future of the party. I don't need your permission to do that. This is a public discussion that all of us should be having who care about where the party is going. And if you write something in the newspaper, I should be able to say something in my podcast without calling you first. Because it's not personal. It is a disagreement over ideas and approach. I thought his argument was lazy in the sense that it didn't have adequate data to support it, okay, and that it was a presupposition that he had before the election that he's throwing in some anecdote, which I thought was intellectually lazy to do, especially since he backs away from it when he gets confronted with it. Go read the comments on his video. And so it was a it was a criticism of what he wrote, not of the man. I think he's a good guy. I, I you know, we may disagree, but I know he's out there working hard. But this idea that we've heard for years and years and years in one form or another that we can't criticize people on our side because that only helps. That's crap. 
especially when the topic of debate is where we go as a party, what we're doing wrong and what we need to do right. That we have to be able to disagree about. And if we're passionate about it, we're going to disagree about it passionately without getting some presupposition or without assuming that it's personal. What offended me about what is that video, and I invited Tory onto the show and he declined. What offended me about that video was that it misrepresented my criticism as being personal. It made certain implications and inferences about our attacks on him that I think are very obvious to anyone reading it, which was neither you listen to what I said. Again, I played it for you. That was completely unfair. And people who hadn't heard what I said got the wrong impression about me attacking him personally, which I never did. Okay. So look, Tori, if you really have a thick skin, which you don't do a you don't do that the next day after the podcast comes out if you're thick if you have a thick skin. You just don't. I'm sure Brian would agree with me on that. We take criticism all the time. I take tons of criticism for things I wrote. That's fine. You don't have to call me up first and tell me you disagree with me. You're welcome to do that if you want, but you can put me on blast and say you disagree with me. And if I write something that isn't very well supported and isn't very persuasive, and someone says what you wrote wasn't very persuasive, it was lazy, I'm not going to take it as a personal attack and feign offense on Facebook. Okay? So... You all listen to it. I'd love to have your judgment if you agree with him, if you agree with me, somewhere in between. As far as the substance of his article, I still maintain. I stand behind what I said last week. I stand behind every word I said last week. The article was not well supported with any sort of data or facts that supported either his diagnosis or his cure. Okay. His cure is maybe perfectly fine. We said that repeatedly last week. Being more engaged with various communities, including communities of color, is a thing the Republican Party ought to do. It's and something, as you pointed out, Greg, something that we said last week that we agreed with. And something that we said last week the governor has found a way to do. Right. So we don't have to blow everything up and stop politics as usual and go to the beginning. Okay. The governor got 65%, even though central committee members didn't go to um, this NWCP event. The governor won in Councilmanic District 4. Is it 4 or 6 that he was running four. in? He won that district. I mean, he found a way to do it. You didn't. And there, there's a lesson there for sure. You didn't lose any less than any other Republican in the county. So your supposition is faulty and requires some evidence to support it, and you didn't do that. You cut corners, and you were lazy in making the argument, and that was my point, and I stand behind it. And don't say I'm attacking you personally. Don't make some veiled inference that it was – I mean that I'm trying to intimidate you. I mean it's clear what you're trying to say, Tori, when you say we're trying to intimidate you. You're doing the Lord's work, and we're trying to bring you down. It's obvious what you're trying to say, and I take offense to that, and I'll leave it at that. And I submit myself to the judgment of the people who have listened to this podcast, who've gotten everything in context. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
Wow, we missed an entire conversation about your headphones. <laughs> they are level. It's the camera that's not level, Jimmy. No, I don't think they're level. They're well, no, because you can't see it in context. There's a third thing over there that you can't see. That's the context. That's not the. They're not all on the same level. That's a design no. choice. Yes, but the point is that it's, they are on the level. This is on the level with that, but that's off camera. Okay. All right. That's that's fine, wow. Jimmy. <laughs> <sighs> we got the the fans are putting us on blast for put us on blast. It's fine, you, Jimmy. You should have called me before you complained about my, how my diploma was on. I got enough dealing with the the Democrats. Give me a break. Don't you have a tween horror novel to write? No, he's got to do another podcast about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. He makes a very persuasive case, by the way. I haven't listened to it yet. It's a very persuasive case. I think they're doing yeoman's work. And by the way, JB's driving podcast. Yeah, I, I, we're plugging him, and we, he's getting everything he wants now, even though he hasn't mentioned us for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Laugh-In was the show that your partner couldn't remember. He was, he was saying Sakatumi. What's Sock that from? me? Yeah. See, you got it. Yeah. He he couldn't remember that. And it was by the Nixon way, who did that, by the way. Well, Nixon famously did it right. because it was the running gag on the show. Right. And they actually got Nixon who okay, whatever. I'm that was my sure. Nixon voice. Soccer no, I got no, I got oh, you what got you were it. doing. Okay. Yes, I got it. These guys they wade into pop culture and then they kind of spin out into areas they don't know what they're talking about, like SCTV, and they get caught flat footed. Stick to the stuff you got the notes on, guys. That's, that would be my constructive criticism. And by the way, large office buildings, it's very common for large office buildings when they change tenants to have one floor under construction when they refurb for a new uh, tenant coming in. No, oh, that makes sense. So the fact that one floor was fully constructed in the movie and another floor was under construction, perfectly, perfectly normal in large buildings in big cities. So, Okay. Bring it on. Anybody else got a problem with this? <laughs> uh, if you really want to hear Greg put people on blast, go back and listen to the show after the 2013 convention. That's Greg putting people on blast. Myself included, by the way. Um, what, what, I don't, was that when I ran for chairman? Yes. Oh, God, don't go back. I didn't put you on. Did I put you on blast? You put me a little bit on blast. Okay. All right. you, you deserved it. I'm I probably deserved it, yeah. I'm um, saying you didn't deserve it. I'm just a... <laughs> but I'm still here. 390 shows worth of I'm still here. I don't know if it's good good or bad, but either way. And I didn't call you first. By the way, I criticize Brian's articles all the time on this show, and I don't call him first. Do you criticize my articles all the time? Have I not done that on the air? I don't criticize your articles all the time. Oh, wait, I can't. Ah, see, you do that all the time, son of a bitch. (laughs) Ah, that was fun. Anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap the show. Jimmy, up. Jimmy, I don't want. I'm not angling to be on the show. I don't want to interrupt the chemistry that you have on your show. But thank you for thanking us. Uh, go to redmaryland.com for all things Red Maryland. Yes. If you are around on December seventh, Friday tomorrow, for those of you yes. watching and listening, yes. join us at the hotel at Arundel Preserve for the uh, Republican State Convention, the Fall Convention. Uh, we should be broadcasting from 6 to 8 p.m. or so, so stop by and It'll say hello. It'll be much hello. more laid back. Um, you can feel free to put us on blast. 
even. Yeah. Uh, put us on blast. Wouldn't be the first time. Maybe we, we'll put you on blast. Wouldn't you be the know. first time we've been put on blast. We ain't going to call you first if we do. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so be sure to check that out. Hopefully we'll have a bonus maybe, bonus maybe. podcast this weekend with some additional footage that we don't cut tomorrow night. Um, so hopefully that'll oh, happen. Yeah, I don't know. Great. Hopefully I can use this That's thing and you. not have just crap audio. So, But even if it's crap audio, I'll probably still put it out there because standards are one thing. Ratings are everything. Look, yeah. We may intimidate some people, too. That's also in the because we do that. We intimidate we people. We do. We do. Um, the Air Raid will be back this week, this Sunday, with another brand new episode uh, here on the Red Maryland Network. We are back Wednesday, Wednesday next week. We're going to be back Wednesday for a brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio where we will have the poll results and announce the finalists for the Red Maryland Awards. The finalists? The yeah. finalists. So, keep, what, now, so how long do people have to vote? Let's remind They have until Monday at 5 p.m. So hey, PP guys, get your get your campaign yeah, going. PP, bring the clips, PP. baby. PP guys, click on some ads while you're there too. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Please yeah. click on an ad or three, because you know, hey, we get paid either way. But click yeah. on click on stuff while you're at it. <laughs> uh, at is the home base for all things Red Maryland. You click on the support us link. You can get the links to subscribe to Red Maryland Network programming, and you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play, and have shows. Yes. Like this, automatically download the device of your choice. You can also click on the Amazon link. Make your purchases at Amazon. A portion of that comes back to Red Maryland. Help us grow and enhance the network at no cost to you. Click on the Zazzle link or go to zazzle.com slash Red Maryland and buy your Red Maryland network gear. Be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We are on Instagram at Red Maryland. We are on Twitter at Red Maryland. And remember, you are the force multiplier. Invite your friends, family, neighbor, colleagues, coworkers, co-religionists, in-laws, and outlaws to like Red Maryland on Facebook, share our podcast with them, share our content with them, Correct. invite them to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, yes. and help spread the good word about conservatism. Okay? Yes, what he said. Do that. Don't put people on blast for not liking it, but invite them to like it. Or at least include a link if you put us on blast. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. helps, too. Um Email us, redmaryland at gmail.com. And remember, we're serious bootlickers. We take it seriously. <laughs> uh, it got me. I, got, I went to a weird place. Sorry. You did. <laughs> and uh, you can email us, redmaryland at gmail.com. I already said that, didn't I? You yeah. can call Good us, or, electronic you can call us or, or text us to the Red Maryland Talkback line at 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. We will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Hey, if you want to go on Facebook Live or on video or YouTube or Instagram and put us on blast on video, please tag us. Yeah, just, just, just tag, tag us. us. Maybe we'll play it next week. It's, fine. it's content. It's content. There was yeah. a thing in the chat room. Why do they always talk about people who are trashing us? Because it makes for good radio. Yeah. And we have fun with it. This is fun for us. We just love attention, even if it's negative. <laughs> the more negative, the better, as yeah. Greg said. It is content. That is really what Content it is. is king. And If you want to send us videos king. about how great we are, and we'll play those, too. If we ever get one, we'll play cash. So, yeah. Greg, any final thoughts? doesn't matter if you love, or, love us or hate us. Just click and listen, baby. Thank you, Al Davis, yeah. for that inspiring remark. Thank you. You're welcome. So we hope to see everybody at the convention this weekend. Friday night, we'll be there recording. Um, we will be recording for that. And uh, I'll be around, hopefully, on uh, Friday night during the, uh, during the suites. So, hey, we'd love to see you during the suites. Just come up and say hi. Yeah. Um, I, you will notice what I am wearing. And um, 
I'll okay. I'll try I, to be there I'm on. Scared, I'll okay. try to be there on uh, on Saturday to catch some video. Marcus Alzono once said called me quote the um, the fashion wild card of Maryland Republican Party conventions because you have absolutely okay. no idea what I'm going to wear. Okay, it's not that it, outrageous. That makes it sound like you're this crazy. Wear all kinds of crazy things. You don't really do that. You just might not dress up. Well, right. It was like the one year I yeah. wound up like having to do like the Pledge of Allegiance or something, and I'm wearing some like pro wrestling T-shirt because I didn't think I was going to speak to anybody. Okay. All right. I'm not shocked by that. That's the way I normally see you. So. Right. I will not be wearing a pro wrestling T-shirt tomorrow. I will make you I, that guarantee. I will guarantee you. I mean, Langer's a wild card. He wears that crazy jacket of his that he got. He That's probably won't wear that tomorrow. Oh, I bet he will. Oh, now, okay. All right. We'll I bet he will. down the gauntlet. I bet he – well, I don't know if he's in New York yet or not. So maybe I'm, I, I have to assume he takes it with him everywhere. It's like a security blanket. I don't know. I don't know what that guy does. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> well, we hope to see you tomorrow night. Be sure to go to RedMaryland.com, the home base for all things Red Maryland, and buy your tickets to the convent, uh, conference. RedMarylandConference.com. RedMarylandConference.com. Is where you want to go. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Griffiths. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We will see you this weekend. Oh, radio, tell me everything you know. I like to sing with the radio. I like to play it real loud. I like to drive with the top down. Thunder always drawing a crowd.